This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China. Welcome back to the wartime diaries of Minnie Votrin and Sen Shui Fong, two courageous women who helped protect refugees during the Japanese occupation of Nanking. On this episode, the new year approaches. The Japanese begin the mandatory registration of all refugees in the safety zone. Men are made to confess their prior affiliation with the Chinese army. Tuesday, December 28th, from the Diary of Minnie Votrin. We are now entering a new epoch, the period of registration. This morning by 8 o'clock we became the center for registration of the 5th district of the safety zone. Men are to be registered first, it seems. We got our own men together. They were first lectured through an interpreter, then told if there were any ex-soldiers in the group, they should confess. They would not be hurt, but would be put into labor corps. It was not clear to me whether they meant a recent soldier or a former one. The man who confessed first was one of Y.H. Chen's workmen. I found later he is not a recent soldier, and am now trying to get him released. The men were formed in lines of four, given a slip for registration, and then marched out to register over at Chen Chung Fan's at northeast corner of campus. I was interested in studying faces of men. In Maine, it was the old, the maimed, the halt, for all young men who could do so have gone west. In the meantime, Colonel Oka came to call and insisted that he had promised in Shanghai to protect all Americans, and he wanted us to live in one place. I told him we could not leave our particular places of responsibility. We are both kind and polite, but firm, and so far I have won the battle. Before noon, our staff and servants returned unregistered, for the crowds were too great. It is snowing now, and this section of Nanking is a dreary-looking place, but less so than the southern section of Nanking. P. Mills came in this afternoon and reported that practically all foreign property of all nationalities, as well as Chinese, has been looted, some more than others. The looting of our residence has been light, and even that would not have taken place if I could have been in about four places at one time. Our looting, therefore, is all to blame on me, because I have been too slow. Wish those of you who know South Hill House residents could see it. You remember that all furniture was stored for the summer, either in attics or in big dining room, so painters could paint floors and tint walls. At least four chests of drawers and wardrobe were put in the dining room. They have been like honey to busy bees. One group of soldiers after another has come to that room. I've stopped many of them in their task of going through drawers. We have not tried to put things in order. 
The storeroom has a huge hole in the door. It was a mistake to lock any doors, and a bit of food and canned things were taken. They say Elmian is a sight. All three floors are strewn about a foot deep. Recently, two beds and mattresses have been taken also. Strange to say, only twice has the practice school been visited. On that fatal night, December 17th, one man came, and the servant served him tea in the sitting room. As far as I know, nothing was taken. Once since, one man has come, but did not go further than the kitchen. I think our dogs have been a great protection to us. Also, the fact that we do not turn our lights at night, but use candles. The same day, from the diary of Sen Shui Fong. This morning, I saw ghosts. The whole morning, the Japanese came here to register people. Not many men and women on the campus are registered. Most of the registered are workers. After registering the workers, it should be the refugees' turn. But they did not do so. Instead, they forced many men outside to come here to register. We belong to the 5th district. They forced all men to come here for registration. First, they lined up the men row by row and then lectured them, asking them to return home for a good and happy life after registration. All are ghost-talking, nonsense. Also, they asked people to confess, and former Chinese soldiers all stepped forward. Over 100 people confessed and stepped forward. These people were either sent to the front line or killed. Today, it began to snow. It's really impossible to sleep outside. Some refugees squeezed inside, and some slept at the entry door of number 400 building, which is a little bit better than outside. So was the patio of number 100 building. Tomorrow, we will find other solutions. All of them do not have children and are ignorant people, pitiful but hateful. When Japanese devils came, the refugees all gathered around to watch them. They would not leave even if we asked them to. If we asked them to go home, they would say that they are afraid of doing so. Today, the people who have registered only get a little slip. They have to go through line by line. If anything goes wrong, the Japanese soldiers beat them with a stick. One time, a woman's head was beaten to bleeding. The registered people need to take the little slip to Nanhai Road to exchange for a large slip. So, some people went to wait in line at dawn to get the large slip. And some did not get it until noon. Sometimes, when the Japanese saw young people, they asked them to remain there. Our workers need Vojun to take them to register, to speed up the procedures, because they have no time to wait for half a day. Today, after having talked with that collaborator, 
about the arrangement. Our workers will go to register early tomorrow morning. Wednesday, December twenty ninth, from Votran's diary. Registration of the men of this district and many from the city in general continues. Long before nine o'clock, a long line extends far beyond the gate. Today. They were more severe than yesterday. Then they asked for ex-soldiers to confess, promised them work and pay. Today they examined their hands and selected men whom they suspected. Of course, many who were selected had never been soldiers. Countless mothers and wives asked me to intercede in their behalf. Their sons were tailors or bakers, businessmen. Unfortunately, I could do nothing. Mr. Wang, Mr. Xia, Mr. Dao, your teacher, Ava, who now lives in East Court, went before seven and by ten had completed registration. The rest will go tomorrow morning at six thirty. They seem to have no difficulty. It is reported that the registration slip means little to the common soldier and has been torn up by them in several instances. This afternoon, I went over to the American Embassy. No foreigner has yet returned, and they have no exact word as to when one will return. To date, we are still cut off from the outside world, and no foreigner from outside has been able to get in to any embassy or business firm. And it is more than two weeks since Nanking was entered. They say trains are beginning to run to Shanghai for military supplies. This morning, I went with a group of men. Who sell hot water on the campus in order to help them get a cartload of coal? They were afraid to go alone, lest they and their cart be taken. As I was standing in front of the coal shop waiting for the loading to be finished, a woman came up and began to talk. She said she was from Xia Lingwei, out near the National Stadium. She says that town has been completely burned, first partially by Chinese military. And then completely by Japanese soldiers. Of her family of ten, three are left: she, her husband, and one grandson. Her two sons, three daughters, one daughter-in-law, and grandson are scattered, and she has no idea where they are. This is but one of many such tragedies we hear about every day. There are fewer soldiers in the city, and therefore. There is less looting, although some looting and burning still continues. Our refugees are slightly fewer. Rice could only be served once today because of registration. The campus is a field of mud. Tonight we again have an embassy police, and our three watchmen are on the job. Now the same day from Sen's perspective. Today again, the Japanese ordered men to register here. I thought that it would be women to register here today. The Japanese have all the men in the whole city to come here for registration. Today it is cold. The Japanese wanted firewood. 
They made fires to keep warm at the front gate of number one hundred building. Won't it burn that gate? There's no way that making fire is just for the ones to give lectures. When Vochun saw this, she felt too uneasy to say anything, and instead she herself went outside to buy charcoal to make fires. Two pans of fire were set there, so charcoal was piled on the lawn. At the place where soldiers sit, the firewood is still used. Every day, quite a lot of firewood is consumed. We have to supply the firewood fast. Otherwise, the soldiers would use chairs and tables for fire, and a lot of wood which I have spared for cooking was burned by them. They want to make the largest fires. At the University of Nanking, no one serves them. They freely take tables and chairs to make fire. It is really despicable. We have workers to serve them and prepare firewood for making fire. Today, at registration, no one confessed being former Chinese soldiers. The Japanese soldiers kept a number of young men whom they suspected and asked female refugees to come out to identify whether the men were their fathers, brothers, husbands, or relatives. One old lady was so courageous that she came out to identify three men whom she did not know at all. She just wanted to save them. Another young lady came out to identify one man as her brother. Then she went inside to change clothes and came out again to identify more men as her relatives. This person is really admirable. The ones not being identified will be taken away by the Japanese. Some of the ones being identified are the women's refugees' relatives and acquaintances. Women stayed here at Jingling. Men stayed outside. Thus, not many men were taken away at the registration, and their fate is unknown. Now, the Japanese soldiers clean up the streets and bury the dead bodies or burn them. Too many dead bodies are on the streets. Tonight, again, buildings are burning outside. The sky is cloudy. With light snow, which thus is melting. I heard people say that over 20 women were taken away by the Japanese soldiers from the Women's Theological College. Now they seldom come here. One of the three sheep brought here last time by the two men on December 24th died, and was given to the workers to eat. Thursday, December thirtieth, from Vochern's diary. Registration for men still continues. Before five o'clock, I could hear men forming in line out on Ninghai Road. I got up at six thirty and joined out our staff of men, including servants, who by six o'clock had joined the line outside. Mister Jan Yung Kiwan. Kindly took our group in early to enable them to get through, so they could come back to their work for the refugees. Thanks to this special help, they were back by three o'clock. 
The line for the first step in the registration was four abreast and extended far down to Hankow Road. The men in the first row said they had been there since 5 a.m. This afternoon I went over to our embassy again to see if I could get a cable off to New York and to Dr. Wu. There is still no way, but they hope Atchison will be in Nanking in a few days. You should see Shanghai Road. If the area outside the safety zone is deserted as no man's land, certainly the street inside the zone looks as if a big market day is on. There are crowds and all kinds of businesses being done. They say a regular market is starting up on Shanghai Road. When soldiers are few, the Laobei Sing people are plentiful. On my way back from the embassy, I met a young lad who had just registered, and his number was 28,700. I take it that many have registered through Jin Ling in the three days. As I entered our gate, a mother came kneeling before me, saying that one of the soldiers on duty on our campus today had taken off her 24-year-old daughter. I went at once to Mr. Jan's home with the mother to report it. Both Mr. Jan and the soldier said it would be impossible to find the girl tonight. But if the soldier could be identified tomorrow morning, he would be severely dealt with. The official said that six of his men had been severely disciplined already. I think he meant killed, but I'm not sure. Tomorrow registration takes place for women between ages of 17 and 30. Just what the purpose is, I do not know, but was told it was to try to get the age group that is most active in anti-Japanese propaganda. Women are all frightened about it, and I am not too sure. We are hoping markets will soon open up for us. No meat and no eggs can be purchased, and absolutely no fruit. Our food this noon and this evening was vegetable and rice. Mr. Wang and Mr. Zhao went to attend a meeting at Japanese Embassy this afternoon. It seems there is to be a big reception or welcome on New Year's Day, and people are expected to show enthusiasm. They say we are expected to have a goodly representation from each district. The self-government is in process of formation. We hear that the former five-colored flag is to be used. We'll look for our old one tomorrow. We close now with Sen's diary of the same day. Today, the registration is still going on. The registration for men outside is not finished yet. I heard people say that women above 40 and children over 15 are no longer required to register. I'm really glad. Our whole family does not need to register. Now, one benefit from daily registration here is that soldiers dare not come here to make mess. Every day, the airplanes fly overhead. No idea where they would go. Perhaps to Wuhu. I heard that Wuhu has already been subjected to killing, burning, and raping because the Japanese soldiers first went to the city. 
Now, what happened outside is unknown to us. No one comes from Shanghai. We butchered one sheep because of nothing to eat. During ordinary times, I have no appetite for lamb, but today I ate it. On our next episode, the registration of Chinese civilians continues. Relying on prayer, Minnie looks toward the new year with cautious hope. Shui Fang expresses cynicism toward both her own people and the Japanese. Thanks for listening.